What is up, people? My name is Reese, or Next Gen Novelist. Welcome back to the From Zero podcast, where I talk about my thoughts and experiences as an aspiring author of the next generation. This week, I'm going to be talking about a fairly strange topic, I guess. It's a very uncommon topic. I'm not sure if you've ever heard anyone talk about it before. And that is anime-inspired stories. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this is because of the fact that I am calling myself next-gen novelist, and <clears throat> uh, this is a bit of a trend I've noticed arising within younger writers, writers in their teens. Um, it seems to be that anime has inspired a lot of stories very much like the same way how in the older generations, things such as Dungeons and Dragons inspired them. And so, uh, you know, they had things like Lord of the Rings and whatever. And yes, we have those things too. And yes, those things certainly inspire us too. And the works of these authors from these generations also inspire us. But I have noticed that anime and Japanese media in general has affected the way people tell their stories uh, in this generation far more. Than it ever has previously and in the ways it's doing it as well um you know even some published authors uh such as an author one author i know called uh, i don't know him but i mean know of uh, called uh brian mcclellan i believe he pronounced his name and uh he wrote this trilogy and you know part of it was inspired by Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Not, not so much trilogy, but I believe the there was uh, something to do with the magic. I've not read the books myself, so um, not a hundred percent on that. But he did say himself that uh, Full Metal Alchemist uh, inspired part of his world building. And I also heard another author, which was um, Pierce Brown, say that some anime, I believe it was some mecha animes like Gundam and stuff, uh, had inspired him. These are, you know. They're not necessarily young, uh, but they're not, you know, 40s, 50-year-old guys or girls. They're, you know, they are relatively still quite young um, as authors. The point is, is that anime has inspired writers before. It's not new. So I'm not trying to say this is some new revolutionary thing. However, I do think there's something to this. Now... I'm going to get into in a minute a bit about my thoughts on what typically an anime-inspired story is. Because I do think even now, there's already, without it even becoming a, a real proper subgenre, I think there is already uh, a difference between doing it well and not. Um, and I'll, I'll go into a bit of what my thoughts on that are. But first, I'll just talk about what exactly constitutes an anime-inspired story. What is it? Well, very simply, if anime inspired your story. However, the ways in which this happens, obviously, is the varying degrees. Some think as small as, oh, there was a cool magical ability in that anime, and I, you know, thought I'd use it, or I'd uh, draw inspiration from it. Or, you know, this was a cool character or a cool plot. Just taking maybe one or two little things and um, either building on them, to a bigger extent than they were in that show. So maybe that magic or that character was just a minor character, but in your story, you've said, what would it be like to have that kind of character as, you know, the protagonist or the antagonist or something? And then you have stories which, you know, look at anime tropes and draw from them quite heavily. Now, the thing is, I don't know 
I don't know if there's published stories like this, like tradition published. I do know there's an author called Jay Kristoff who supposedly claimed that anime and Wikipedia were his two sources for when he was uh, making his book, which is supposed to be Japanese inspired, aka anime inspired, because I mean, that's all he really had as reference. And that book, you know, a lot of people classify as problematic and, you know, I don't know, I ain't read it myself, but it's curious that his book supposedly was basically anime inspired, you know, so Jay Kristoff, I can't recall what the series is called. I believe one of those books is called Storm Dancer. That may be the second book or something. I really can't remember. Yeah, I just checked and Storm Dancer is in fact the first book in what is called the Lotus War trilogy. So I was right. I was right. And I got the name of the first one as well. Um, so, yay. So uh, I've not read those books myself. I may get around to reading them eventually. But um, just to see how anime inspired they supposedly are, we will use something uh, like Storm Darts as, as an example, not because I haven't read it, but we'll use it as an example of a book that's traditionally published that's drawn on Japanese and you know anime and stuff like that. The thing which I find interesting is that some people really didn't like the book because of that reason, and it wasn't necessarily because it used those things because it's a young adult book. Um, so a lot of people found it to be, as I said, problematic because oh, you know. This guy, he's written this book about Japanese culture, but he's, you know, got this wrong and he's got that wrong and this is messed up and he didn't do this accurately. And yeah, and then the guy, you know, claims that anime and Wikipedia is his point of reference. I'm not really surprised that, um, that uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I almost kind of respect him for being bold enough to admit it. Um, but, you know, being that honest, but um but, you know, at the end of the day, he, he, he wrote those books. I don't know. I, I don't uh, personally, I wouldn't want to handle a culture in that way. However, because uh, of whatever reason, it was still traditionally published. So he's not, you know, if, if people are angry, he's not the only one to blame her. So, um, but yeah, I, I think anime inspired stories in general, this is one of the issues that I see when I see younger writers who are doing this what the problem a lot of the time is just the culture they obviously like anyone who lives in japan and i don't but anyone who lives in japan will tell you that anime is not the best way of uh showcasing japanese culture a very common trope actually in anime is girls you know professing is it professing or confessing um but i would say confessing their feelings to a male character like oh you know I just really like you or whatever and then like you know and normally they're shy about it sometimes they're not sometimes they're really bold and that's just not reality yeah I don't live there but from people who do and have been raised their entire life that's their own words a lot of them they'll say you can go look it up there's videos of this on YouTube where people interview Japanese people and get their opinions on various things and um and often you'll you'll see that the things that people think anime is, is not Japan. And you'll see a lot of times when people who are so infatuated with anime go to live in Japan, they find out uh, the cold, harsh reality of what it's like there for you as a foreigner. Um, and it's not always as simple or as colourful or as exciting as, you know, anime is, which, you know, you would think is a given, but it's... it's but Japan... Tokyo in particular does have that really kind of 
you know, exciting, colourful, kind of strange, you know, Japanese, just that very foreign, exciting and inviting culture. And everyone there is supposedly very polite and it's very clean. Again, I've not been there, but I've heard it from multiple sources. So, and even just watching videos of it, you can kind of get an impression of it. You know, it's not that hard these days. Um, but I still, you know, but, but even with all those realities there, people still go there and, you know, be disheartened and to be like, oh, it's not what I thought and blah, blah, blah. Um, but this isn't a podcast about going to Japan. This is a podcast about taking things from Japan. And I would say in terms of stories, there's a lot of tropes in anime, like the one I just explained, right? Um, so if you was writing a story that was supposed to be set in Japan and you had a lot of the female characters confessing to the male characters their feelings, that's not actually representative of their culture, right? So you'd see, you know, people who knew that would say, that's wrong. That's, you know, you're blatantly not actually aware of how the culture works. Um, and then you get problems. <laughs> so, and that's something you can easily figure out to just not be true. It's not actually even that hard. You don't need to read a 1000 page textbook on it. You know, you could, it's as simple as YouTube or Googling it. It's really not that difficult. Um, and for crying out loud, if you're going to put a story out that's going to be about a culture that you supposedly are passionate about, I'm going to assume you're passionate if you're writing an entire bloody novel on it or based on it, you know, actually maybe learn about it, you know, and I don't really understand what the problem is. So with anime, don't use it as some kind of blueprint for what Japanese culture is, because it isn't, okay? So that's the first thing. That's what a lot of people will do. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Um, I don't like to be, like, saying don't do this or don't do that, but the fact of the matter is you can do whatever you want, but just be aware of what consequences will come along with it. I mean, at the end of the day, you can say Jay Kristoff, you know, wrote three terrible books if you want, but they're published, you know, that's more than I can say for a lot of writers, so... I don't know, you know, <laughs> what can I tell you? Um, what can I tell you? You must have done something somewhere right. Don't use anime as a point of reference uh, too strongly for Japanese culture, okay? Um, for actual Japanese culture. Of course, there will be some truths in some animes and, you know, things like taking your shoes off by the door and stuff like that and futons and the food that they eat and all of that stuff. But don't go and use it exclusively is more what I'm saying or Wikipedia which bloody much almost the entire universe says is bad I don't think it's too bad but I still wouldn't rely upon it I think first-hand accounts you know getting actual accounts of people who live there it's always the best way of doing it you get a way more in-depth nuanced perspective of how something works obviously there's a lot of other things anime has such as things like multicolored herring the reason i'm going to talk about that is because i put in my own story initially and it was something that i did because i was drawing inspiration from a particular anime that had this um lots of anime have it but there was a particular anime which made me want to do a very similar thing and that anime was madoka magica and the thing is is that Yes, multicolored hair, I'm sure you can pull it off, okay? Um, people might say, no, you know, don't do multicolored hair. This isn't an anime. But the fact of the matter is, you know, I think anything can be done uh, well. There's something some people never like because some people just don't like certain tropes. So what? Um, who cares? There are people who love other tropes. I assure you, if you put multicolored hair in your books for, you know, every character had a different... <laughs> color of hair 
including colours of hairs that aren't actually natural, yeah, you'll get a lot of people who don't know about anime that will think that's stupid. They will want an explanation as to why someone was born with blue hair. They'll think it's nonsense. But you will get a good amount of people who will love it because they do watch anime or because they just think it's a cool idea. Um, people are varied that way. Yeah, so I would personally say if you would do something like that, write it in a way where there's explanations for why people have different hair colours. Um, I removed it from my story because I, when I took it, I took it because, like I'm going to get into, I was taking too much from anime, um, more than was necessary. Now, this is a bit of a, something which I think is important if you are writing a story that's anime-inspired to think about. When you're watching anime... Understand it's a visual medium, okay? Immediately, that means the rules are a bit different, yeah? Yes, there's still writing going on, yeah? The, the show is still scripted. Writing skills are still applied. However, it's a visual medium, right? Um, there's been many times when I've watched anime and I thought, you know, that looks so cool. But if I wrote that in a book, how the hell would I describe it? You know, if you think of an anime like Dragon Ball Z with its giant battles and how crazy it is, could you imagine a book or several books like that? You know, would it be as effective in the same way? It'd have none of the sound effects. You know, like, I don't know. Just would it work in the same way? I really don't know. Um, because I think those things rely a lot upon the fact that you're watching them. And you've got to take that into consideration. So when you're taking ideas, try and think about what ideas work well on the page and what ones translate better on screen. You know, this is why when a book is adapted into a film, a lot of scenes are taken out because scenes that work well in text don't always work quite so well on screen yeah sometimes that little dialogue exchange in chapter 17 that's your favorite scene in the book it gets cut from the movie because yeah maybe it was great on paper but uh, on the screen not so much yeah it's not as engaging messes up the flow whatever it is so there's just things such as that um, which you have to consider the thing I always have to remember is that I am a Western writer writing primarily for a Western audience. A Japanese anime studio is a Japanese anime studio primarily making their content for a Japanese audience and then Western audiences can just jump in on it if they want. When I write my stories, I have to keep in mind that this is for Western people. People who will not know much about anime, people who don't watch anime, people who don't care about anime, people who never will care about anime. Some people may dislike it. They may not like anime for many of the tropes that you love. So you may love something about anime and they hate anime for that very same reason or avoid it for that same reason. So you've got to be aware of this. The reason why it's very important and I'd say it's probably the most important aspect of anime inspired stories is to be aware of how Japanese culture translates into Western culture and how you can do that well. This is a skill and honestly because not many anime inspired stories exist and there's not really many that are published I don't think there's many examples of this but I can tell you because I've had to do it myself um, you want to be very aware of why that story affected you the way it did or why that particular trope affected you the way it did what you enjoyed and more than just the actual thing right so for example let's say you watch an anime like 
you know, let's go a bit odd with this. So let's say you watch an etchy anime, right? Etchy animes, I can assure you, if you put them in books, there'd be a lot of people who had issues with it, right? You might be like, I love etchy, there's boobies and blah, blah, blah. But people will read your book and think, um, why is this crap in my, you know, in not in my, but in the story, you know, why is every minute, you know, the girl's boobs bouncing into the guy's face and, Again, it works better in a visual medium such as anime, and even then, etchy anime, whilst there's a lot of people who enjoy it, um, it's the kind of anime which, I mean, even myself, you know, I don't particularly enjoy it as much, but it's the kind of genre which really just works in anime, and it's one of the reasons anime will always struggle to be mainstream. It's genres like that, yeah, those kinds of genres, and just a lot of things. Anime's weird. Um... You know, maybe you'll get upset about that, but you shouldn't because it's not entirely a bad thing. Anime is strange. A lot of Japan strange. Look at even their adverts, okay? A lot of the Japanese stuff to us in our Western minds is strange. So when you're taking the strangeness of Japanese stories and anime and you're trying to put it into your own, you have to remember Western people are going to think it's strange. So you have two options. You can either keep the strangeness in its entirety and you can say, I love this despite its strangeness or because of its strangeness. And I'm going to just bet that some of you will too. I'm willing to accept that a lot of people ain't going to like it because a lot of people ain't. And I'll roll with it. Or you do more of what I'm doing, which is you try and translate it or localize it. You see, a lot of games actually in JRPG and stuff have this where they localize the game and remove certain things that maybe would offend Western culture. So that's something to consider. I... I'm not Japanese, so I don't have to really localize. But if I take an idea, it's like that. It's like I localize it. Um, the thing is, it's fitting my story. My story at its core is a Western story, but it has a lot of Japanese story inspiration. And one of the things I've noticed is that I have cycles and I have a thing about deities being killed, <laughs> which you could argue even the ancient Greeks had. So not just Japan, but, you know, I had this thing about I love this idea of there being some kind of larger being that's, you know, untouchable, like a god or or something. And then, you know, the, the characters have to kill it or defy it in some way, like the ultimate power. Um, I really like that. And because Japan tends to make stories like that, they appeal to me more. You know, so I like that the kind of story and I, it captures my imagination. Their world building also captures my imagination a million times stronger, usually, than Western stories. Western stories do too much of the same thing, I find. Anime um, has a thing where they don't mind blending science and fantasy, sci-fi and fantasy. And I really enjoy that. I grew up with a lot of things, a lot of those kinds of worlds. So it's no surprise that I naturally feel like that's something that should be done more. I'll talk about science fantasy another time. And I just feel like these kinds of things are more imaginative. The worlds tend to be full of more interesting things. Not always. Western writers do their own fair share of it. I think, though, maybe either because I've grown up around it or something, but it's just not as exciting to me. And I really don't know why. But I think there's a dryness to it a lot of the time that just bores me. Um, it doesn't go strange enough. It doesn't go out there enough. Yeah, that's sometimes the reason why people don't like Japanese stories, because sometimes they go a bit strange and weird. But to me, that's what makes it memorable. And usually, if it's done well, it's 
makes a very strong story. So, for example, there's not a lot of tragic endings in Western stories, right? If you try to look for fantasy stories in adult and young adult that are tragic, there's not very many. Um, we really like our happy endings, whereas in Japan, they will go quite tragic and sometimes in really bad ways. And that's something which, for me, as someone who's writing a, a tragedy, I find that to be inspiring and I enjoy the fact that they do it. So I often do have to look towards anime and things of that nature for inspiration. But yeah, there's examples of it here as well. But again, they never, they usually don't go in the same direction that Japan goes in. They don't go as strange as Japan goes. And I find myself to be more fond of the way that Japanese writers tend to think about things. Um, there's a lot of things they do. The antagonists tend to interest me a lot more, you know. Um, and there's something about a human element that they have, I've noticed when I watch anime. They have something where, you know, they like to get to the core, to the human part, where it's just like you see the raw nature of people, you know. And it's like you do just see that. That, that guy who just, you know, he has a wife and he's all happy. But then, you know, as soon as the wife does something or as soon as she's about to get, you know, eaten by these creatures, he just leaves her. Again, Western stories do this as well. I, I, I particularly remember, I don't want to spoil this actually, but there's there's a scene um, in a book which is by, I can't remember the author's name now, uh, but uh, it, it's the Demon Cycle series right cannot remember uh pov brett that's who it is pov brett's the demon cycle series you know there's scenes in there like this particularly in the first book where there's just people who are just like not you know that you just see the raw humanness within these characters and i love things like that just getting to the nitty-gritty of what what people are and what makes them tick and japan loves to do this and because they tend to do it more and because they tend to go further and deeper than Western people are comfortable going, that's why their stories appeal to me more. And I think if you also write anime inspired stories, that might be the case for you. But more than likely, from the things I read, people get more caught up in the superficial details of anime, such as the hair colours and the names and the character tropes you know like the archetypes like oh she's the shy girl and you know and she's gonna save me because she's secretly you know a warrior from another world and I can see how this is a young person drawing inspiration from something they don't fully understand how to like execute you know I can see it like when you know when the older writers now when they were younger and they were these ages, and they were using Dungeons and Dragons and stuff to inspire their stories, I imagine they did very much the same thing, where they would probably just, you know, look at Dungeons and Dragons and be like, oh, I'm going to have an elf and a dwarf and a blah, 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 and they just did the most cliche of crap based on the thing that they were inspired by. And I think that's what's happening again, where younger writers are looking at anime, they're seeing the cliches in anime, and that's what they're replicating. When they get older and they learn to not do that, I think then they will uh, stop. I was just a faster person who figured out quicker. But I think as they get older, they'll be like, okay, this anime stuff is cool, but, you know, this is how you're actually going to write it in a, you know, in a strong way. But like I say, because there's not lots of examples, sometimes it's difficult to know what that stronger way is. Anyway, this podcast seems to have run on a bit of the longer end. But um, yeah, that's pretty much what I've got to say. 
hopefully you got something out of that. This is just me talking about one of the topics I really wanted to talk about. It's one of the reasons I started this podcast, to be honest, was because I did want to share my thoughts on things like anime-inspired stories because there is no one really talking about them. And I do think there's a skill set to this, yeah? Just like with all things, as I said, I think there's a way you can do anime-inspired stories where you can shave down the strangeness from Japanese ones a little bit and make them more palatable for a Western audience. And speaking of stories, I just wanted to quickly do my little plug, I guess, which is that uh, I've got a short story up on my website. So if you just go to my website, it will be linked in the description and click on the My Writing tab at the top of the page. Uh, you should see a short story there called My Curious Guest. It's a contemporary short story. Um, a few details about it is contained in notes uh, before and after the actual story. But yeah, so anyone who's curious about my writing, I have actually done a couple more short stories, but I want to release them spread out a little bit. I don't want to just bombard them all out at the same time. And yeah, so there you go. If you want to see some of my writing, expect to see more of it. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Anyway, that's all I've got to say, and I'm out. Peace.